so much. What? He did so much. I know. He did stuff. His Wikipedia page is one of the longest I've ever seen. Hello, everyone. This is Jared and Rohan back with Real Politalk, and this week we're going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Simon Bolivard. You did the intro already, Jared. We don't need to do another one. So, unfortunately, we didn't do that much research this week, and he's kind of a new topic. But let's just say Latin America had pretty trippy independence movements. Yeah, he was on... He was. He had to be... I don't know. This guy did so many things. I know that much from what research I didn't do. All right, so he was a military leader who pretty much spearheaded Latin American political movements. He managed to be the president of four countries. <laughs> um, he had had a country named after him, and he's one of the few people who's done that. And he was just, he was just a Venezuelan guy who really wanted to overthrow Spanish rule in Latin America, I guess. I don't really know much more. <laughs> he also, he wanted His Wikipedia to... article is... He, yeah. also, he also wanted to create a united South America to rival the United States. Not like direct, not like he wanted to take yeah. over the United States, but like he wanted to unite all of South America. And for a while he almost did with the United Grand Columbia. Columbia, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, um, Grand Columbia. Yeah, I mean, which was a lot of South America. And he, like... Yeah, but, like, Wikipedia... His Wikipedia article is, like, really long, and it shows, like, how much he did. Like, most people couldn't do this stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm surprised, like... I don't think he even had any Polish blood, and yet he still accomplished everything he did. You know? It's pretty impressive. What was he? He was... Was he... Karl Marx hated him. I bet. Because he wasn't he yeah, wasn't proletarian. He wrote a biography called Bolivar. He wasn't what? He wasn't proletariat. What were you saying about his biography? Karl Marx like, wrote a biography about Simon Bolivar. Really? What was in it? I didn't know that actually. It's called Bolivar y Ponte Simon. And Karl Marx like criticized much of Bolivar's life. Really, I did not know that. So yeah, it was really cool. Do you know what he criticized him for? Yeah, just for being rich, I guess. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's say, where was he born? Let's look at that. I'm actually, I'm going to look at the article, because otherwise, you know, this isn't going to go well. Um, so he was Creole, I, I'm pretty sure, which is, yeah. what is what is that, I forgot exactly what that meant from social studies. Was it Spanish? Um, that means he's, uh, no, it, it's, yeah, it's Spain, Latin Americans who are full, 
or near full Spanish descent, distinguishing them from both multiracial Latin Americans and and like Latin Americans of post-colonial immigrant origin. So like he was like like Spanish aristocrats. Okay. He, so that's why Marx hated him. Mm-hmm. So he was a rich Spanish boy who lived in Latin America, which is really interesting that he ended up being the one who led all the independence movements against Spain when, you know, he was one of the people who basically he was rebelling against. It was like his, his, his people. Interestingly enough, the Creoles were the biggest supporters of the independence movements against Spain. Now, refresh me, the Creoles, were they, like, second generation? Like, were they from Spain, or were they born from Spanish descent in the uh, colonies? Uh, just people, by people of full Spanish origin. Because if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that the Creoles then... Um, Basically, they weren't given as many rights as someone from Spain, which sort of pissed them off because they thought, like, we're, we should have all the rights, too, because we're basically Spanish. But uh, they weren't given those rights, and that pissed them off and made them want to uh, rebel, which is why they supported them. I don't know if you can back that up to any degree. But, Yeah, that's what that that was my take on it or my understanding of the situation. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know that for sure. I just know that like the Spanish Empire was run by like the Bourbon, mm-hmm. like that later and the Bourbons and um they they were like about to be taken over by Napoleon. And this is the reason that Latin America actually had many of its independent movements because to be honest, most people were content but Spanish rule in Latin America. But, um, but like, when Napoleon was about to take over Spain, there was no, like, state that would unify all of these places, and there was no central government. And so this led to the, to the creation of independence movements. And so it's pretty much since Spain had no power, they had no choice but to give Latin American countries their independence. So it's once again our boy Napoleon coming in and basically, just like with Haiti, because of him, colonies got independence. Yeah. And so it's really like an int- it's like really like an interesting thing that all of this happened. And this happened after, because he invaded Spain in 1803, was it? I don't know if I have that date right. Probably not. He invaded Spain, I think, in the early 19th century, uh, right at the onset. And then all these revolutions mm-hmm. happened after the invasion of Spain. Because it, Spain didn't lose their monarch. Spain still had a, a, a monarchy uh, after after uh, the Napoleonic Wars, because they had one, obviously, until the Civil War in the 1930s. It was just that, basically, Napoleon destroyed the strength of the Spanish monarchy, for the most part. Because it was it was it jointly ruled? Was uh, Spain jointly ruled with France before the French Revolution? 
I don't know if they were jointly ruled. I just know that the Bourbons were the royal family in both countries. Well, yeah, every but the, country. But this is, but this is when everybody was like incesting, you know? Yeah, but they weren't like the Habsburgs. Yeah, but Spain had their own Habsburgs too. But did the Habsburgs take over after the, uh, after the Napoleonic Wars? I feel like they did. I thought Spain was a Habsburg house. Like no, it's from 1516 to 1700. They were Habsburg back then? Yeah. Okay, then they were Bourbon from the 1700s? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but for the most part, it just seems like there's just more royal incest. Always. That's what Europe's all about. I mean, that's what all monarchy is about. Is about incest. I mean, every monarchy is like that, especially the Egyptians. The Egyptians are super incestuous. Yeah. Uh. So then after, okay, so the the monarchy was basically reestablished after Napoleon, and then the first revolution happened in eighteen oh seven. So, roughly, like 1807 to 1821, I guess. Um, and so that was not at the end of Napoleon's rule. So, presumably, Napoleon might have been in charge of the Spanish colonies at that time. Mm -hmm. So, they were actually rebelling against the French, which I guess would give them more credibility um, more credibility in rebelling because they could say we're not rebelling against the Spanish who we are we're rebelling against the French who are you know conquered who conquered our motherland which I guess would give them a lot of um, a lot of leeway and support from Spanish supporters actually in Latin America as well as people who wanted actual independence from Spain yeah but there was a lot of things like he, he first worked on Venezuela, then he's like, oh yeah, Venezuela is free, now let's go to Grenada, then let's go to Ecuador and Peru, and let's do Bolivia, and he pretty much was just slowly able to like help with all of the wars of independence, and it really was like, he was like one of the, he was really like the strongest force in Latin American independence movements throughout, which is really really cool and has made him like still extremely famous and he's one of the few people to have a country named after him yeah which he's is like a... george washington but for 10 countries basically that's how i i hear him describe and he was like all of their first presidents too yeah and also some of their first presidents at the same time like I, what was it venezuela and bolivia no uh bolivia peru and colombia yeah that's an achievement. I mean, I wonder what what he had to have like said. Okay, in our constitution, we're going to write that I can be your first president, because they have to have some sort of citizenship clause. And I mean, look, he was the president. He was the first president. He was the second president of Venezuela. He was like a, then Venezuela had its second Republican. He was the first president that, and then. He is the first president of Colombia, the first president of Bolivia, and the sixth president of Peru. 
Yeah, it's even weirder for him to be the sixth president of Peru because that means like they established their independence, and then the, and he was the president of Peru when he was the president of some other country. So yeah, yeah, he he was the president of Peru when he was the president of Bolivia and Colombia. So that means the Peruvians voted in a foreigner into their office. It'd be like us voting Putin into office or the Queen, basically. No, it's like us voting Justin Trudeau into office. Yeah. Or like more well, realistic, like I heard, I well, heard well, campaigns about like the Queen of England that should he she should come back and rule over America, at, you know, with this election. I mean, I would have voted mm-hmm. for her, but you know, that's the situation we have—a foreign foreign person getting voted in, just like you but, said, like Trudeau. Like, like I guess Queen of England would be an apt comparison because like she's technically like the head of state of like Australia and Canada yeah. as well. While she's the head of state of the UK. Now, she doesn't have any real power. And the presidents of Latin American countries do have power because they're based on American democracy. Well, they were back then, anyway. They still are. Well, yeah, but they don't exactly work out the same way. I would actually... Actually, recently, they've become more and more similar. Really? I don't yeah. see it. Well, I guess they just don't have... They're just not as quite as developed, and they have a lot of social and economic problems that make it difficult. But here's a question. So he had the vision of a united South America. How do you see history changing with a united South America? Well, first of all, that means that there would have been a power struggle in the Western Hemisphere. Exactly. The reason the United States would have was able to grow so much is because it didn't really have any neighbors that or like any immediate neighbors that it could have a power struggle also we were able to exert our whole sphere of influence over the whole western hemisphere and stop any foreign intervention for the most part into the western hemisphere through things like the monroe doctrine if there was a united south america latin american countries would not be as reciprocative to the United States imposing things like the Monroe Doctrine on them, you know? Like, you think Cuba would rather ally with the United States that spoke English, or would it rather ally with the United South America that spoke Spanish, that yeah. shared much cultural balance? I, but do you think that this a United South America would actually be able to rival United North America? Or do you think that they would be, um, because of their, like, longer colonial uh past and longer um history of like the natives being exploited and the resources being exploited by the their colonizers that they would be in a more um or have a more difficult time industrializing uh Uh, what do you mean what do you mean by that i mean like the United States and South America only had about 40 years between their independence movements but the but you see we only had 40 years between our independence movement, but South America and Latin America was colonized a lot earlier, and their resources were stripped to a greater extent than North America. Like, North America, most of the, uh, the colon- colonial uh, economic power came from agriculture, with tobacco and cotton and whatnot. And this, in Latin America, South America you know, Mesoamerica, it was like they stripped all the gold and precious metals um, and anything of value sort of out of the country 
during the colonial state that leaving them, I guess, like sans Venezuela, who has all the oil that they could ever want, you know, with more limited natural resources than what was left. In the I country. guess that's true. But also, but like, but like Argentina and Brazil and a lot of other South American countries still have a lot of the agricultural background that the yeah. United States has. Although the climate is like less temperate in a lot of places, I mean, like besides like Chile and Argentina's like southern portions, there's still like there's still like rubber and like cocoa beans and like yeah, literally like, like and coffee and cocaine and all of those things that would have been cash crops. Yeah. But so like in Brazil, if Brazil would have joined, because if United South America without Brazil, I don't think would be anywhere near strong enough to rival a north a united states because brazil yeah. is a huge power in every right um also one thing that we have to look at when we think about a united south america had them having a little bit more difficulty developing is their like their landscape and their climate sort of because they have to deal with super mountainous uh rainforest terrain and their um, the climate, which makes it more difficult, you know, to lie, lay railroads, roads, um, and some of those industrializing things. Like America even had a tough time building the Panama Canal because of the climate and the situation, and that's like the the landscape. So I feel like it would be hard. It would be harder for them. Like America was blessed with their like everything sort of fell in place for America to become powerful, and. I feel like yeah. South America could do it because they have the, the, a lot of land and a lot of people, but I feel like it'd be really, really tough in all reality for them to develop at the same pace as America. But who knows? That's true. And also, but like also I feel like there are assets to South America, like the crops that South America was able to, that yeah. continues to grow are much more valuable and the oil reserves in Venezuela would have been such an asset. I mean, like, if you think about it, like, although Venezuela is, like, really, really in a bad place right now, if you think about it, if it's if it's managed correctly, like, it could be the like, oil, it could be, like, Saudi Arabia yeah, exactly. or, like, the United Arab Emirates, which are, like, futuristic modern, futuristic modern countries, although they only have one resource. Yeah. Uh, uh, and another, as I like this uh, theme of, you know, what would a United South America mean for the world? Uh, but so let's, let's assume that they do develop, let's say not at the same pace as America. So they're not as developed as America. Uh, but let's say they develop sort of like how Russia does, you know, sort of, uh, a little bit, um, more agricultural agrarian so like russia of late 19th century more agrarian uh a little bit more caste let's say uh less industrialized but still really strong just because of the the amount of land and resources and people they have um so a, basically a russian empire mirrored sort of development in south america and world war one hits where do you see a united south american allegiance lying 
I mean, I feel like a United South America would still join the Allies um, because because they would still share a lot of the democracy. And I guess the only issue with this is is that where is the extent of this United Latin America? Does it go towards the Mexican border? Mm-hmm. Um, does the Mexican-American war even happen? Does the U.S. gain the territory does it do- that it does? Because, like, if there was a United South America, I feel like the U.S. would be less likely to invade Mexico just because the United South America would have uh, probably as many people and a military might that would be able to defend, help Mexico defend the United States. But and the Mexican-American... This United South America at the time of the Mexican-American War would have basically just started. So they would have probably not have entered into a Mexican-American War because, like, their country is, let's say, it probably would have started around 1825, 1830, most likely, um... And that's about when the Mexican-American War was, like, 10 years later, was it? Was it 1840s? 1830s, somewhere in there. And that's, like, like if Canada and France, or if, if the French and the British went to war again, let's just say that uh, France had Louisiana and they went to war with the British, would the 10-year-old America, you know, go to war I feel like they wouldn't. And so, could you see America going to war, but because they have this adversary to the south, actually not just taking Texas and these parts, but actually annexing Mexico? Could you see that mm-hmm. happening? Because... What? Like, the, do you see, like, just the United Central America annexing Mexico, South America annexing Mexico? No, United, I doubt it. United States of America. No, I feel like it would have occurred the same way as it already did, because, like, the United States of America didn't really want more. You know, like we but, but we could have continued going forward. It, like, but you're saying they didn't want that in our timeline, but if there would have been a powerful and large country to their south in their hemisphere do you think they would have wanted more land more people more power because now they have a reason for it they ha- they're in a they're in a pissing ma- match with the other great power I'm, of the western hemisphere i'm not sure about that just because of the fact that culturally the united states was so different than the rest of mexico and the places that the United States took were already starting to become majority American. Yeah. But if we had continued going, I don't know if we had been able to, like, you know, Mexico City, make that area majority American. I feel, I feel like, like we would have focused more on our northern neighbor and tried more extensively to continue invasions of Canada in order to find, because their culture was much more homogenous to ours, which would have been an asset during that time. But I think at this time already, this was this would be in the 1830s, 1840s. We were having warming relations with Britain, so like we weren't with the sort of we participated with them in like the Boxer Rebellion Wars, uh, the Barbary Wars, uh, 
and stuff like that, I feel like we wouldn't have won... Well, we won't, one, we wouldn't have won to piss off Britain again, because Britain would have recently come off uh, beating Napoleon and been pretty strong and basically, you know, was the America of their time. Uh, but I could almost see personally sort of an Anglo v. Um, Spanish-based rivalry. So actually you look at the, uh, like the European front, there was sort of the French and the British beef, you know, that sort of culminated into contributed to World War One. I. I don't want to say culminated. And then on the in the Western Hemisphere, you would have the American and Latin America, or Spanish and English, sort of rivalry that would also probably culminate into World War One. Would be maybe when it would explode. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's definitely a chance of this, and I think that like this Anglo Anglo Spanish Western Hemisphere maybe would have led to a world war time there were really, like as much of ideology ideolo- during the during the first world war the war wasn't really as much ideological as it was alliance based yeah. and so the United States would have gotten involved earlier in order to pursue an alliance with say the United Kingdom and other countries, and while and then Germany or something would also have pursued an alliance with South America, but like as you were saying, this UK French beef, which it dissipated during the First World War, as the United Kingdom and France had always had beef, and then during the First World War they're kind of forced to join into an alliance for one of the first times. I don't know if that would have occurred, because I feel like. If the United States and the United Kingdom were continuing to become closer, then maybe France and South America would have been closer, and that yeah. may have changed up how the alliance system worked and like what would have happened after one of uh, like what would what would have been the final straw, like how the secret alliances would triggered into place might have changed very significantly, you know? Yeah, because I mean, I don't see any scenario where the British and the or the French and the Germans don't fight. I think the French and the Germans always fight. Um, and I could maybe see the French allying with United South America because uh, it's sort of like... I, I don't know. I just I feel like they're a little bit more... slightly more culturally similar in some ways. Um, like... France had stakes in Latin America also. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see Germany ever allying with them. I would see it more likely, actually, that Germany would join with Britain and America against France and United uh, South America, United Latin America. Because really, the, the Germans hated France and they wanted France they didn't really hate Britain that much uh, yeah so I could see I get, yeah I guess that's true and I also could see the fact that like Germany and Germany and France had just would have st- I think the 
the war between Germany and France in the 1870s would have still occurred in order to unite Germany under under Bismarck and the Wilhelms. Yeah. Um, so. I agree. So, like, there still would have been that French beef in World War One. Probably, I think, would have played out most likely as a an Anglo-German alliance versus a French-Latin American alliance. Probably, maybe even including Spain. Uh, but probably not. I mean, Spain really didn't do much. They were sort of in turmoil. It's possible, though, that Spain would have joined with uh, Latin Latin America and France. But then in that case, if, I mean, if that was the case, if that was the alliance breakdown, I mean, especially I'd say in, like, I guess where would where would Russia go? Russia probably wouldn't. I don't know. Because we have Austria-Hungary, which still would have been with Germany. And mm-hmm. then you have Russia, which was at odds with Austri- Austria-Hungary. So... But I, I just, I can't see it. Russia allying with France and Latin South America, really. Because, I, mean, I don't know, would it be a complete breakdown of the alliance system? Like, I, I can't really see two clear-cut alliances. Maybe would, there have been three, would there have been three alliances? I mean, there could have would been. It, would it have been, like, something like the French... But why I don't understand why you can't see the French as joining with Russia. I mean, like, the French and the Russians had their the, alliance. I can see the French joining with the Russians, but I can't see the Russians joining with the uh, United South America. I don't, why? I don't know why. I feel like... I feel like there's, there's... One, they're super ideologically different, which is, I guess, true of France, too. But they're also so, I mean, so culturally different and so far removed from each other. Like, it made sense for uh, Russia to join with France and Britain in World War One in our timeline because Germany and Austria-Hungary were threatening uh, Russia. And I guess it would make sense for them to join with France because maybe Germany was threatening them again in Austria-Hungary. But they have no reason to piss off America as the Russian Empire by joining with the uh, by joining with the United South America because that would make them enemies of America and I don't think Russia would want that. The question is who would the aggressors in the war? Like, we can all clearly say that the German and the Austro-Hungarians were the aggressors. They were definitely much more focused on start. Like, war could have happened on any time, but, like, the aggressors ended up being the Germans. So the question is, who are going to be the aggressors? The, Austri- the Austrians. You don't, think, don't, again... It was, don't think it was all, all Germany. But go go ahead, sorry. <laughs> but you th- who do you think would have been the aggressors during this timeline? You think it could have occurred in the western hemisphere as the outbreak of the war triggering the alliances could like president could a president have been shot could have like theodore roosevelt got shot by like some south by some like mexicans in texas or something like that and that would have triggered the war see you I, know? I guess something we could we could see maybe play out is let's say america does invade mexico just like it did in the mexican-american war get to mexico city 
and occupy Mexico down to Mexico City. So you have a Mex or an American occupied Mexico with a large Mexican uh, minority by World War One because we'll assume there's a lot of um, settlement and uh, colonization into Mexico by American uh, farmers, business people, whatever. But there's still a huge Mexican uh, population, which is probably oppressed because there'd probably be quite a bit of racial tensions between the Americans and the Mexicans. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's still like a very large Mexican population that's been in Texas and Arizona and California for like generations. Yeah. Like that still exists. But there, I think there'd be, here's another interesting thing that like, I guess we need to precede is the civil war. Uh, I think would have been way shorter and probably earlier, or maybe be, maybe we would have like eliminated slavery a lot sooner because, um, Occupied Mexico and all those Mexicans would have been against slavery because they had outlawed slavery a lot sooner. One of the reasons yeah, why but, Texas rebelled. Um, so the but North. Texas, but Texas also had, like, you know, Texas still had a large Mexican population, like the Tejanos and stuff. So, yeah. like, I don't know. And they still joined the Confederacy. So I don't know how much that would have changed things. I mean, like, Spanish Mexicans were still racist against black people because yeah. slavery existed in Latin America. I mean, like, Brazil was one of the largest slave-holding countries in the world. Yeah, but see, like, Mexican Mexico, would like Mexico proper, which we would have occupied, would have probably been... I feel like they would have ended up being like not being part of the Confederacy, and that would have been one of the biggest assets to the Union, if they could have held, like the Mexican. I don't know if it would have still been a military district or the Mexican territory, against the Confederacy. Then they have a two-front war to fight, and the Confederacy just wasn't didn't have the means to do that. So, I also feel like there would be. I mean, I don't want to say this with any certainty, because, of course, who knows, but I feel like there could be less um, African-directed racism, still a lot, but less, perhaps, than in our timeline in the United States, and more uh, Mexican, uh, Latin American-based racism, because we have... So be because of the rivalry. So you think it would have been similar to, like, the Japanese racism that occurred yeah, during the World War The Japanese War. racism in World War Two, or the German racism uh, that occurred during World War One, where you had people like, but it would have been worse because it would have been a long-standing, worse than both of those probably would have been a long-standing, like hatred between them. I feel like it would have been like Jim Crow, but completely acceptable because they were our enemies, you know. Or do you think it would even led to internment like we did to the Japanese? I feel like once the war came around, it would be internment. But until or do you think, or do you think it would have been like Native American style racism, which we pretty much just forced them out of their native lands and into reservation systems, and like I feel like it wouldn't be like that because just because of the the Mexican American lifestyle 
or the Mexican lifestyle is so different. Like, the reason we put them in reservation is, like, they were like, we want our land. And we're like, okay, we'll give you some land. It'll be crappy land, and you'll never be able to be productive, but we'll give you land. Whereas the, like, the Mexican-Americans, I feel like uh, we would either, maybe we would expel them. I mean, that could be a possibility where we just say all of you are not going to be allowed in this country once our rivalry would heat up with United South America. Like, we'd kick them all into United South America, which would be dumb, but, um, I mean, people do dumb things. And then let's say, I, oh, continue. I mean, I think that this is obviously very hypothetical, yeah. but also the fact that with this United South America, like despite the fact that it may be culturally so similar, wouldn't it have even stayed together? Like yeah. this, like United Central America actually existed, but didn't even survive for 20 years because of the minor cultural tensions between Central American countries. Yeah. And these are countries like the size of El Salvador and Guatemala. Like, yeah. if you think about it, like, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been that great. Or I even guess. like the, or even like the Mexican Empire which included all of Central America, and then those countries gained independence as well. Mm-hmm. Like, but let's, I guess we have to shift the timeline, because uh, Bolivar died in 1830, when he was only 47. So, that means, let's assume he could have another 30 years, presumably, of life, I think he died of tuberculosis, the darn disease. Um, but let's say he has another thirty years to uh, uh, for him to like strengthen his his country that he dreamed of. So you have thirty years of a strong figurehead, if not a, a governor, who you know increases the ties and feelings like 30 years is a very long time to foster this feeling of oneness among different peoples like just think about like germany for example is pretty culturally different actually you know like bavaria is very different from other parts of germany and different german states but like if the nazis had had 30 years of their indoctrination or like something like that not not to compare, you know, Boulevard to Hitler or anything like that, but thirty years is a very long time to like unite a people and very different people. So I feel like if he was alive for thirty more years and ruled or influenced the country, I feel like it could have survived only because of yeah. that. But then it then this would have led to a sheer ideological difference because it would have ruined like the North American style like it would have caused, I guess, more of an ideological difference with the United States, because yeah. if he had been there for 30 years, I doubt democracy would have flourished as it, as it kind of did slash does in South America, because, yeah. like, because he would have been able to maintain almost like a dicta- dictatorial or monarchist rule over this country. And maybe, I mean... Maybe United South America is a monarchy because mm-hmm. you could see, like, 
he was an aristocrat. I mean, he was really, in all reality, he was a very a revolutionary guy. But maybe power power does corrupt, and he becomes a monarch or a dictator type leader, like a yeah. just a just one, not not a bad one, of course. And perhaps they put together a system like it's not unheard of to have a dictatorial system that lasts a long time and is good. Uh, it's tough. But maybe for like some rules they put together, I know it's all it's pretty hypothetical and difficult to think of a think of a scenario where it all works out. But I mean, it's possible that they come up with a system that allows them to uh, stay together, probably under a, a dictator type government or a semi democratic government. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that's and that would probably even push them. Even more so, you know, m- maybe if they were, uh, maybe if they were, I guess, more uh, monarchists, I could see Russia siding with them. But then you'd also have to beg the question, what about the Habsburgs? What about the Germans and the Austrians? Would they side with, would they side with, United South America, or would they side with the Anglo speakers in that in that sense? Yeah, so throwing in the monarchy, and the monarchy wasn't unheard of in Central America. Yeah. Both both Brazil and Mexico had monarchies for a short period of time. Actually, Brazil's monarchy was like fifty years or something. Yeah, that's how they they gained independence as a monarchy. It's really interesting. And so, it really demonstrates like, what if? It's a really, it's an interesting hypothetical question. Is what if his dreams had come true? What if yeah. he was able to focus it and make and make his ideal state, which to this day still remains culturally different, but so culturally apart. And I yeah. feel like there are a lot of small wars that happened throughout um, South America that would have probably not happened. Like, um, and like in Paraguay, like the war with Paraguay that like pretty much like was able to kill a majority of its adult male population mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Those things wouldn't have happened leading to more time for rather than unnecessary infighting between South American countries time for development or a counteract during the United States slash Brazil. Yeah. And the, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe Bra- I couldn't actually, Brazil probably would have never joined this country just because, mm-hmm. you know, they're Portuguese and they are very different. Brazil could be powerful enough on its own, but the question, I guess if, if United South America was able to develop, at a pretty quick rate, which I, I, I'm not convinced that they would be able to, just because of the situation sort of surrounding them. Maybe Brazil also would have developed a lot faster, because they would have been forced to at least develop militarily to fight or protect themselves against their pretty powerful neighbor. And also there could be maybe a Brazilian-American alliance against the uh, United Latin America. Yeah, 
The question also holds is that would Central America and Mexico have joined said country or would they have remained independent because of the difference of continent and the lack of involvement of Simon Bolivar and their independence movements? These two groups of people, these two groups of countries gained independence at approximately the same time but were spearheaded by two different groups of people. I guess I think that we could see independent Mexico and Central American countries that are under the sphere of influence and allied with the United Latin America, United mm -hmm. South America. So like they're not sort of like how France and Germany were during the Cold War. They weren't, they were independent, but militarily they were controlled by America for the most part. Like, really the only European country that was really militarily independent during the Cold War was probably Britain, and that even waned during the end of the Cold War when Britain started retiring a lot of their big military that they'd maintained through the Falcons War. So, like even now, all of Europe is sort of like militarily dependent. Less so now, they're sort of strengthening up, but they're militarily dependent on the United States for a lot of protection. So I feel like that would be a, probably the situation, like Mexico and Central America would be independent and maintain militaries, but they would be in a strong alliance with uh, United South America. Yeah, I could see that definitely happening. And it would really present more questions in the high and like what would happen and what would continue to happen with these alliances continuing to form, how would future wars change? And we focused in on the first world war so much, like how would the second world war have developed? Would fascism have written as yeah. like a counterbalance to the fact that the United States was so pro-democratic and was potentially racist against Hispanics and Latin Americans or would it have fascism not, or would have communism developed as, as an opposition force to the fact there was the caste system that was implemented in Latin America by the Spanish. Yeah. And, yeah. But you could also say there would be maybe a stronger case for fascism possibly developing to a larger extent in the United States now that there's a racial... A definite racial scapegoat for the United States and the Latin American peoples because I mean like American had were pretty racist but like the Germans became super fascist they were able to super effectively scapegoat the Jewish population and say they they are the reason we lost World War World War one perhaps the Germans uh, and the Americans ally in World War uh, World War One, and let's say all things go pretty similar to some extent. I guess it's hard to say they go similar, but Russia allies with France and United South America, and you see uh, Russia kick Austria-Hungary's ass, and France hold off the Germans the British and the Americans primarily focusing on the New World, although the British would fight the uh, 
French as well, although you know it's really tough for you to, you know, invade across the channel. So let's say Germany and America and Britain, as unlikely as it probably is, either lose the war, or I won't say lose the war, but they come to a, a basically a standstill. The war comes to a standstill, and the Americans are able to point to the United South Americans and say they're the reason we didn't win the war. Maybe not why we they didn't lose the war, but they're the reason we didn't win them, because they, they sort of like, you know, they're a rival, and then fascism maybe could rise in America. Although, honestly, I don't see an American-British-German alliance having any chance of losing a war. Uh, yeah, especially since the technological advances of, say, the United States, which was just out of its industrial revolution, the UK, which was under the same boat, and Germany, which is also under a similar boat. Yeah, because you and continued research into weapons capabilities would have definitely been able to beat uh, just just a smaller South American country. Yeah, and like in all reality, you have Britain, which would have the most powerful navy. You have Germany with the most powerful army, and you have America with the by far the largest uh, economy. So I, I mean, in all reality, Latin America would have lost the war along with France and Russia, if that was how it played out. Probably probably more quickly, Europe would have been left pretty unscathed, I would think, because I'm guessing Germany would have beaten France pretty quick if the British weren't helping them. Uh, and the Schlieffen plan probably could have worked out. And then you don't have the devastating war in Europe. I could see a more devastating war in America, though. In the, in the Americas, with America invading uh, invading the Mexican, Central American, South America United uh, bloc with the help of Brazil, and sort of seeing more of, a, more of the war going on over here instead of in Europe. I think we are probably going to be done for this week. Next week, Napoleon... I guess we could talk about Napoleon. Um, we... I don't. Maybe, maybe we should talk about someone with a less extensive Wikipedia article. So, <laughs> because it was, it was very detailed and long, to say the least. Uh, how about I like this hypothetical? It would it be it'd be cool to do a hypothetical on Napoleon if he won. Okay, if he won at Waterloo. Uh, let's say he didn't. He didn't die. Or he he didn't die. His he didn't get defeated when he invaded Russia. Successfully. And he never. Or and actually, he never had a move to Saint Helena. Yeah. Let's say this. He never invaded Russia. 